This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 177. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am good. How are you? I am doing never better, and this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything surrounding this medium that we love so much. And Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are going to be giving our listeners some ideas to cure artist block. So if you're in one of those places where you can't think of anything, we've got some ideas for you. Yeah, and this happens to everybody. So if you are in this spot, uh, don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, it happens to every single person. And the more that you know, you uh, do some negative self-talking, like, oh, I just can't think of anything. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with blanks. You know, the, the more it will create this downward spiral. So instead, just think of something, just anything, and it will get the juices flowing and just write that down perhaps. But we've got some ideas for you, so you can tuck these away in the back of your brain. Just know that we've got this episode out here, so if you don't need it right now, maybe you'll need it later, and you can refer back to it. Yeah, you have to remember, too, when it comes to creativity, it's very much like using a muscle. If you use it all the time, it grows strong. You get to where you have ideas constantly flowing. Mm-hmm. If you're not using it, if you're not con- you know, in that mindset on a regular basis, that muscle atrophies, and it just continuously gets worse. And I mean, I've seen artists that will go a week, and that week turns into a month, and that month turns into two months, three months, and it gets worse and worse the longer you let it go. So you just need to jump right in, pick anything to get started. And even if the thing that you pick, you think, wow, this is a stupid idea. It doesn't matter. That stupid idea may turn into the most creative thing in the world because it it got your, your, I guess, creative juices or creative Mm -hmm. muscles going again. So the first thing is to combine two random things. This is something I do all the time. People will ask me, well, how did you come up with that idea? Honestly, I just picked a couple of random things or three or four random things and figured out how to combine them into one painting. So it might be a spoon and a chickadee, which I think would be an adorable painting. I mean, to anything, a block of butter and a butterfly. And if you're struggling to think of those two things, like if you're so far down the rabbit hole of I have no no creativity at all, one of the things that you can do is get a mason jar or just something to put all of your your ideas or to collect little papers that you'll write notes on. And on every one of those little pieces of paper, write down anything from a bracelet, a ring, a candle, a snake, a chickadee. You know, write down all of these random ideas. Get hundreds of random words, random objects, animals, different subjects like that. Throw them into this jar or bag or pillowcase or whatever you want, depending on how many notes you made, and pull out two or three and then figure out how to combine them into one. Just get your sketchbook and start sketching possible ways to combine these possible um wow my brain is not good compositions that is the word i'm looking for but start um start sketching out these compositions from those two or three items that you pulled from that bag or that jar and it's just such an easy way to have something that's so random but it really will get your brain going oh that's a great idea 
Okay, I want to kind of approach this uh, from the standpoint of uh, portraits. So I do a lot of portrait work, and if you know, I'm trying to think of a different or unique pose for a subject, then when I bring somebody in here, I've I've hired uh, models uh, in the past, and I probably will do that again in the future. Then I'm trying to think all the time of some type of pose that will be striking, something that will be different than perhaps something that I've done before. I don't want to just keep doing the same poses over and over again. And I've got some ideas for you if you're also a portrait artist um, to think about and maybe incorporate in some of your work as well. Think about the different angles. And even within the portrait itself, you know, sometimes it's kind of striking to have um, an angle where if you're including part of the shoulders in the angle that you're uh, trying to uh, include that in the composition, then if you have the head tilted in a different direction than the shoulders themselves and you create sort of this v or this z if i can uh, you know draw this picture in your mind then what you're doing is you're you're doing something that will suggest something that is different than natural contour of the body this is kind of difficult to talk about but if you can imagine somebody when you're looking at them that they're looking sort of over their shoulder at you and if you just lean the, lean their body, you know, you ask them, okay, lean that left shoulder up just a little bit and then look down with your uh, chin, you know, push your chin down just a little bit. And it sometimes feels a little bit uncomfortable for some people, but it's a very striking pose. Uh, if you can just play around with that just a little bit, get a willing subject like your partner or, you know, your significant other or uh, your child, they'll do anything for you, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, a neighbor, kid, whatever. You can just have sneak them. up while they're on their cell phone. Yeah, you can, they won't even know you're doing anything. They won't pictures. even know it. That's right. And, and do that to them and just play around with some of these poses. Uh, and that works really well. But it's a it's a different thing than what you would see naturally. But... What's cool about it is it looks so natural after you've taken the picture. Don't be afraid to do those things. But you kind of have to have these ideas in mind before you approach your subject. And so that's why I say practice on some, a loved one, somebody that you know, you know real well first. And just get these ideas out of your head and try to uh, you know, see if you can practice them and get them down to where you can guide somebody with your language through it. And then you can also help them by... You know, maybe touching a shoulder or something. No, raise this part up, chin down a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. Gently guide them through the process is what I'm getting at. And you can get really creative with portraits, too. You can do the same thing that we're talking about with, you know, having that jar full of ideas. So Mm -hmm. let's say you you know you want to draw a portrait, but you want to make it a little bit more creative. Okay, what's the object you pull out of that jar? Maybe it's some grapes. Maybe you paint grapes or draw grapes in the person's hair. So random. But I mean, you can get a little bit. You can play around with that. You can come up with some really cool ideas. Or maybe there's a butterfly sitting on their ear. I mean, there's so many different things. If you really wanted to do more, you know, if you didn't want to just... Mm -hmm. do a portrait portrait on its own you felt you wanted to do something more random like that you you can combine portraits with the the first suggestion oh great idea 
The next list or think tip on our list is to go to Pixabay. Now, one of the things I always tell people, just go to pixabay.com. It's royalty-free reference photos. Just pick something, pick anything. But the problem is there's so many great web photos on that website or any website. I mean, you can go to wildlifereferencephotos.com if you want to buy one. There's tons and tons of photo options available out there, uh, royalty-free photos. But the problem can be that a lot of those websites, including Wildlife Reference Photo and Pixabay, there's so many that you get overwhelmed and you just don't pick one. So when you hit that stage where you're so not, you you just can't make a decision on anything, go to the first page on Pixabay and make yourself choose one thing from the first page. Don't go to the second page. Don't do a search. The first page always has beautiful, beautiful shots. Just pick one. Anyone, Mm -hmm. anything to get you drawing. It doesn't even have to be something that you, you know, are planning to spend the next three months working on. It can be a quick sketch. You just need something to get started right now. No, that is a good one. Also, Unsplash is another really good uh, website to look at as well. Great. Okay, so uh, next on my list for portrait uh, angles and different things you can do with portrait shots, use a stool. I often heard that, you know, when I was uh, trying to study and learn more about portraiture and taking my own reference shots, you know, one of the things that I heard a lot was let your feet do different angles or make that your zoom level. You know, use your feet. Depends on where you stand, that kind of thing. So using a stool is something I've tried to incorporate quite a bit. So I'll use a stool uh, to try to get over on top of my subject. And then I've got a, a flip out LCD and I can even angle that to get even a little more height. But the other thing you can do is you can have your subject even stand on a stool. And so if you take that shot from up above them where you're standing on the stool, they're down below you, maybe even having even having them sit down and then you're up on the stool, uh, That that is a different... Um, communication style. That is something that you're saying something entirely different than when you're standing in this 50-50 type of pose where you are face-to-face with somebody. They're looking you square in the eye. There is no rotation. There is uh, no uh, foreshortening going on. But if you're up above them and they're way down below you or vice versa they're up above you you're way down below them that communicates something entirely different to the viewer uh some of the most striking pieces of artwork that i've ever seen with portraits were done in that direction and so especially if you're doing something maybe of a child and then you're down below on a stool they're up high that's not how we typically as adults view children and see children but it makes a striking, very striking portrait because it puts them in a position of power and you're in a position of weakness. Try that out. I mean, just give that a a shot and think about it in that respect that you're showing something quite different than what we're typically used to seeing. I love that. I'm, man, I'm on into paint a portrait with all these ideas now. (laughs) So next on my list, and this is going to seem so basic, look to your right. And whatever is there, sketch it. It could be the whole scene on your desk. I mean, it's so basic. Grab your sketchbook and just sketch it. I'm not talking about finishing a full colored pencil piece. Get yourself sketching. Walk around your house. If you sketch that in five minutes, you know, just something really quick, and you still want to draw, but you still can't think of anything, walk into another room, 
stop, look to your right again, sketch whatever you saw there. It may be your whole couch with the table next to it. It may just be a cup of coffee, but just pick, just start sketching. That is minor as it is. It gets those creative juices or the creative muscles, Mm -hmm. I guess, strengthening up. And it's so basic. So, Lisa, that really reminds me of our new sponsor for the show, InDefensivePaper.com, the journal or notebook that they have available. I mean, what a great idea, just walking into the room and looking to your right or whatever and just sketching whatever is there. And there's nothing better than having you know a beautifully designed sketchbook in your hand when you're doing that. Yeah, I've actually been using this specific sketchbook myself lately. I just posted on it. If you guys, if any of you are on my email newsletter, you saw the photo of the sketchbook itself. That was that photo was this sketchbook that we're talking about here. It's dotted on one side on the right-hand side of the paper. So that is the side that I'm personally using to put notes. These are the colors I'm considering. These are some of the things I want to consider. And then on the left-hand side, so I guess the back of the front side of the paper, if that makes sense. But that is the side that I'm doing my little sketches. That side is blank, and I've just sketched out a few things. And when you're working in a sketchbook, it does not need to be super, super, you know, accurate. It's not even something you have to show other people. It just it needs to be enough that you understand what you're talking about, that you can then turn that into your full drawing later on. But I've been loving this sketchbook for this specific pers- purpose lately. Yeah, I, I really love this. I had to buy the, um, the one with the black front uh, just the other day, because I love the first one that I have. And this one, I got to tell you, I really prefer, I think, the little dots because they're so, they're just very minimal. Yeah. Um, they barely, they're very, very faint. They barely even show up. But I like that point about that this is personal. This isn't something you have to show anybody else. And I really think of it as just this personal thing. And I, I'm, not, I'm not really going to be showing it to anybody else because this is my thing. And you just feel like when you're in your sketchbook that, hey, I get to just be free and do whatever I want. There's no contest at the end of the day or anything like that that I'm going to be worrying about. All right. So if you're interested in picking up your own journal, just go to indefensivepaper.com slash CP podcast to get that five bucks off this journal. And that link will also be in the show notes. Okay. So next, if we're talking about portraits again, and yes, I am, um, (laughs) Then another thing you can do is, you know, you always hear, oh, the frontal pose, the uh, profile view, which profile view is a great one. If you haven't done that in a while, um, that those can be just so dramatic and you're only drawing one side of everything. Obviously, you're only drawing one side of the nose, one eye, one side of the mouth. And uh, but a very serious, somber look on a profile view can be so dramatic. But don't just stop there. Think about also everything in between these things. And so don't think of just the profile view or just the three-quarter view. Think of a five-eighths view or something in between there or one-tenth. You know, those head rotations can be sometimes so subtle but very, very dramatic. The uh, angle of the eyes, where is the subject looking? If they're not looking straight into the lens, maybe they're looking off to the left or the right. Maybe their eyes are angled downward looking at the, the floor or... And, and when you do that, you're going to immediately just evoke an emotion of someone being maybe very pensive or uh, reflective or something like that or introspective. But if you have them gaze upward, maybe towards the sky or the ceiling or something like that, then you know, you've know you got a different type of emotion that you're evoking, maybe something of hope or uh, someone's thinking about the future or something like that. So 
play around with those things and even ask the same subject. Even if you see something in their, in their face and you think, oh, this person actually naturally looks more uh, stoic than someone else, play around with it and make them do something that is you know, a juxtaposition to this, something that is totally opposite of what maybe they look like they would lend themselves better towards. Have them do something that it sort of belies what you are naturally seeing in their expression of their face, and you might be surprised. The next thing you can do, set up a still life with some of your favorite personal trinkets. It could be your favorite necklace, a ring, a bracelet. It could be a figurine. Cool. Yeah, just anything. It's so simple. (laughs) Right. And... You could, if you want to make it a little bit more interesting, grab a tea light candle or a small candle or even fairy lights. I keep a bunch of those for photos because I think they make everything look all sparkly and nice. But and you can get fairy lights for so cheap from Amazon. That's usually where I pick mine up. But you and you don't need a ton of objects, just two, three, four objects, and combine those together. Or maybe let's say two of your favorite items and a candle. But combine these little things around your house and you can again this is the same thing as before you can either just sketch it out as a quick sketch or if you got reference photos for you know took photos the setup was really good you may end up wanting to turn that into a full like well-established piece that you put a lot of work into I've actually done that before where one of my favorite items that I included in it was my sketchbook with a drawing inside oh, the sketchbook cool. in the art but that and I had roses sitting next to it which is another favorite thing so it was a lot of that one was a lot of fun See, that's a great idea. Just get real meta with it. Maybe take a picture of yourself in the mirror or take a picture of, you know, your camera or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something very meta, just, uh, you know, your your pencils, your paintbrushes yeah. or whatever, you and know, your pencils. paper that you're using. Yeah. You that, can get I really like creative ideas. with your pencils. Pencils and certain lighting. And um, I take pictures of mine all the time for email newsletters and such. And some of those photos I get, it's like, that that could be art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so say you're just you know, tired of doing portraits altogether. Well, do something entirely different then and just take a picture of the hands, someone's hands. Sometimes people feel very uncomfortable about their hands, but if you start in court, if you see some nice, nice hands on somebody and you start incorporating the hands in the pose, then what you can do to sort of accentuate that is ask them to relax their hands, put them up near their face and just say, kind of hold your hands in a comfortable position, maybe off to one side and near the cheek. This is sometimes an easier thing to accomplish if somebody's just sitting down. But just have them hold their hands and then just tell them, okay, just relax your hands then for a moment. Now kind of clasp them or interweave your fingers together. Uh, and you'll you'll be surprised probably at some of the the good poses that you can get with hands when you do that. People don't often think about their hands too much uh, unless you sort of draw uh, their attention to them and you start talking to them about different things that they can do with their hands. But if you just outright, unless you're talking to a model, obviously, but if you're just talking to somebody who you know you find on the street or it's a cousin or whoever, and you start telling them, well, I'd like to you know, kind of focus on your hands, they might feel awkward about it. And so you kind of have to give them some leading uh, suggestions and let them get comfortable with the idea that the hands are something that you, know, you can actually uh, work into a composition by themselves. But you kind of have to guide that conversation. And so some of the things you need to think about are uh, not having some weird angles. And that typically involves uh, the bending at the wrist. 
If you're contorting yeah. the wrist, then that will start to look weird sometimes. But if you're, you've got the hands kind of going together in any type of angle where you're interweaving the fingers or you're clasping one hand over the other or you're bordering part of the face or the chin or the neck or something like that, then that can start to look very attractive and you can just crop out everything else except for where those hands are. But don't amputate them at the wrists. That's another thing that you want to try to be careful about when you're cropping that. You kind of include a little bit more information at the wrists or take the wrists out altogether. Otherwise, it'll look like, you know, they're being amputated, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it, um, for me, again, going back to objects, one of the things that I do, if I've got a photo, no matter what it is, I could have the idea going back to my favorite objects throw a butterfly on it, throw something. And it seems so basic, but it can draw so much interest. And remember the lighting that you use. You can have something that seems so boring or simple or just not interesting. Mundane, but if you get interesting yeah. lighting, you set right. that up in a windowsill to where it's being backlit. And one of the things that I really struggled with original early on, I loved the photos that people would take where things were super dark. I had to watch some photos on YouTube where photographers were showing how they lit something that was taken in the dark with a harsh contrast on one side. And my head was you had one light source. And it turned out there were usually like three or four light sources. It was just a difference of how far did they move that light away from the subject. But it's so basic. So when you're setting up those still lives or portraits, whatever it is, play around with your lighting because you may, I mean, I, I can take a photo and have basic lighting. I have no interest in drawing it. I put interesting lighting, you know, set up my, turn the lights on and then take the photos to where it's it's not just like an overhead light, but maybe light coming through the window early morning or late afternoon. Okay, it's me. We know it's always late afternoon for me. I'm not up early morning. But, you know, the, that interesting lighting and that same exact setup, the same exact subject is now so interesting that that alone can motivate you and make you want to like super excited to get to your drawing board and just start working. I mean, it, if you can just create that interesting lighting, as boring as a subject is, that may be the thing you need to push you forward. That was my mind just getting blown. Um, <laughs> no, it's really true. <laughs> it's really true, though, it, because you, you're, you're exactly right. You can take the most boring thing. And all of a sudden, it's a work of art if the lighting is good. I mm -hmm. love that. I wish I'd have thought of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my last thing is that, um, and it's something I kind of alluded to earlier, I guess, but just cropping the composition to one small area. And that can be just the eyes. You can draw some smiling eyes, or you can just use the triangle, you know, the eyes, nose, and mouth, and you can have that a smile or something. But it, I think it's real striking if... You cut off just the top part of the head, lower part of the chin or the neck, uh, something like that, or just two eyes. That can be a very compelling portrait in and of itself. You don't need all the information in there to communicate what you're trying to communicate. All right, so maybe we uh, sort of wetted the whistle here for you and you thought, ah, they didn't mention this, this, and this. And that's why we need to hear from you. So if you have ideas that you'd like to add to this list, you can always comment in the show notes at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. All the show notes will be over there, even that link for the journal if you'd like to pick one up for yourself. And if you like the show, do us a favor by telling someone else about the show or giving us a rating and or a review. We would appreciate that. 
And we appreciate you listening. This is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.